Namaste Jai Hind welcome to another edition of the ANI podcast with Smita Prakash My guest today are a couple whose contribution to Indian music has been phenomenal not just Indian music but western music too Kavita Krishnamurthy has recorded thousands of songs in the Bombay and South Indian film industry she's a trained classical singer In 2005 Kavita Krishnamurthy was awarded the Padma Shri which is India's fourth highest civilian award Kavita Krishnamurthy is married to the world renowned violinist and music composer L Subramaniam or Mani sir as he is affectionately and reverentially called. He has about 200 recordings to his credit besides having released several solo albums and collaborating with a world renowned musician like Yehudi Menuhin. L Subramaniam is also known as Violin Chakravarti or the Emperor of Violin because of the diverse repertoire and collaborations that he has performed. Kavita ji uh Mani sir thank you so much for coming to the ANI studio we are so honored uh that you are here at the ANI studio and i cannot believe my luck and i am grateful to the lord that i am sitting in the same space as two such great artists such eminent artists uh and one is heard uh you of course and uh, you know you you're so you have such a huge fan base in the country and abroad uh that for me to be conversing with you i must have done something good in my oh, earlier please, life please. so i'm so so grateful that you're here with us today our pleasure and we are your fans too yes yes no. absolutely yeah. nice. you're doing I'm wonderful wonderful work, job you know? yeah, you've heard work. some of the thank things. you it's very very focused and very nice very casual very informative, very informative about about every person that you interview it's a great pleasure yeah. for us to be thank here thank you thank you sir so uh, with your permission mani sir uh, i'm going to begin with kavita ma'am ladies first and yes. it's my prerogative as a host <laughs> that i want a lady to speak sure, first definitely. so uh, kavita ji you've been the for me at least or my generation you've been the voice of romance no wedding is complete without your voice <laughs> being part before the uh, priest can even begin with the mantras and the shlokas <laughs> kavita ma'am's voice comes <laughs> right so every bride has sung every little girl has done hawa hawai uh, you know bole chudiyan is something like uh, i don't think uh, any wedding is complete without bole chudiyan going how does it feel ma'am when when you i'm sure you've attended weddings where it must feel eerie right to hear that eerie and you know you to tell you the truth uh, there are times when i just wonder back and say it's really me and i've had such a successful career for myself and sometimes i feel awed at the thought because mm. i um i don't come from a very glamorous background you know so mm. bollywood was like not something attainable at all you know mm. and to think from delhi how i came to bombay and then the thing is from the time i stepped into bombay the people i sang for were all very very big all mm. very very big people and still now i don't know how those things happened mm. so when i really and i remember the first time when i saw my name in on the screen you know those days used to have even before the movie started you would have you know i would see lata mangeshkar manade kishor kumar even before the film started mm. so there was a time when pyar jhukta nahi my name would come before the film started mm. now Why? it's a, because, oh, because now it's all after it. yeah ah, so credits we would get so so much importance mm. so i first day i was literally jumping on the seat and now mm. when i look back i feel mm. really 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 i've mm. sung so many songs i've done this and you know like 
I'm very impressed with myself sometimes. I say, "Oh God, really? I've done all yeah. these things." And such a vast repertoire, no? Um, yeah. When today, you know, when India, when there's whole this talk of, "Oh, India's divided, language issue, non-Hind." How many languages do you have you sung in? Some practically thirty, forty languages. Practically I think, all right? Indian languages, and all. including Nepali also. Some mm. Nepali songs. Mm. I think the only language I may not have sung in mm. India is probably Tulu or something small, but no, not a dialect. You began with the Kannada, uh, right? Yes, oh, no, no, oh yes. How well you remember this, <laughs> Yes, of course. Huh. So I've sung. I'm a Kannadiga, so that's oh, how I know okay, this. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. so huh. all that I've done, yes. Hmm. So in most languages, and the thing is, you know. When you go to the studio at that point, it's not a Hindi song or a Bengali song or anything. It is a script. It's the composition. It's how to render the song. Your total focus in that for that for that what two hours you're not thinking that I'm singing a Kannada song. I'm singing a Punjabi song. You're just so involved with uh, projecting the words because our job is to reach the emotion of the words to the public. Mm. And the focus is how to pronounce the words right, whichever language. So that's why I think that. Uh, music sh- should be an integral part of every child mm. because from childhood if you learn music and you learn not one particular kind of music like as you're learning hindustani music you also learn a carnatic music tilana mm. or you learn an english song or in between you learn a small spanish ditty these are things which will really uh, remove all those barriers and obstacles you have about caste creed mm. religion Did you have like when you started out? Uh, it was so many decades ago. Now, of course, everything is techno. We'll get to the techno part of it. But at that time, did you like have a dialect coach or something? Because you're a South Indian who's lived in Delhi, so I'm guessing that Hindi wouldn't have been difficult for you to pick up. And then, uh, being a South Indian, you would have been able to do Tamil, Telugu, uh, yes. Malayalam, Kannada. Yes. You would have picked up anyway. Yes. But w- did you have a dialect coach when? Certain words like la, la, la. Uh, well, you know, there's actually, a subtle. All my commercial singing happened when I was in Maharashtra. Mm. So, like ulla and alam, Mara, mm. Maharashtra. So, because I was constantly listening to Marathi and Gujarati, so huh. that wasn't a problem. And in my childhood, we were a joint family at home in Delhi, huh. where uh, my other adopt set of adopted parents who lived in the same house. There was only two different kitchens. One was a non-vegetarian kitchen, and mm. uh, one was a South Indian kitchen. But my aunt and uncle were Bhattacharyas, who were Bengalis. Bengali. Uh-huh. So I would go to this side of the house and speak Bengali and speak Tamil and English. This side of the house. So it's my Bengali aunt who held my hand, mm. my mamuni, who brought me to Bombay and said, "I see your future as a playback singer." So did you learn Rabindra Sangeet too? My, that's the start of my career. At the age of seven and a half, eight years old, my start of my music was Tagore songs for one year. Oh. And for one or two years in Kalibadi, Delhi. That's where I grew up near Mandir Marg. Okay. Near, just across Kalibadi was my government home where my huh. father was in government service. So I used to learn Tagore songs, and there used to be a competition, hmm. a Shama Shongit competition, hmm. and a Tagore song composition uh, competition age wise. Hmm. My very first competition, Anil Bishwas was a judge. I remember in my group I won the prize, and in the next group my brother won the prize. He was a fabulous singer. So that Tagore song. Then slowly to Hindustani music. Mm. So Tagore song has been my. I I just love Tagore songs and I'll continue loving them all and my Hindustani life. And Hindustani was how come Hindustani like I'm not 
saying anything but what, what i'm thinking is in those days i would think that a south indian family carnatic yes, music yes. north indian family hindustani classical yes. learn bharatanatyam or learn kathak yes. you know it's true, there were true. these divisions you know it's it's strange <laughs> like manisar has done medicine you know, like <laughs> i know they first get an engineering or a medical <laughs> degree and then do whatever you have to right yeah yeah that. absolutely so what about you ma'am? actually in my case what really happened was my mother had learned carnatic music and she got married when she was 14 hmm. and her lineage is pretty great like one of her relatives is related to madhurmani ayer the greatest okay. huh. so Mad- madhurmani used to come home and stay with us for his delhi concert so i used to hear that as a child but amma also always said that you're in delhi i don't think i can get you a fine carnatic music teacher easily hmm. but it will be easy for me to teach you hindustani we'll get better teachers hmm. so you do hindustani and that's how i started learning Hindustani music, but my father would bring uh, recordings of M. S. Subbulakshmi and Bhim Sen Joshi hmm. at home, okay. so we heard both. Yeah. But Hindustani was stronger because I had started learning Hindustani music. Okay. And so, um, but in the seventies, this would be right. No, no, late fifties, uh, early sixties. Early sixties, I had started learning. Yes. Yeah. Seventies, okay. I was a teenager. You okay? By then, you had started performing. Not a teenager. Performing. I was in college. You yeah, yeah you yeah, had yeah. started performing and all that by uh, then. In all, Delhi, only. not so much. Delhi, ah. it was always All India Radio, Bachchunka program, ah. and then yeah, 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 competition, inter-ministry competition, yeah. Hmm. But Bombay, when I came to Bombay and joined college, I used to um, sing for a few competitions from college and started singing a little professionally. But the main break was when. I was singing, you know, "Jai Aap Kahan Jayenge," Asha Ji's song Asha. for my college day function. The evergreen song, I would Absolutely. say. Absolutely, there's a college day function, and the chief guest was Hemant Kumar because we were. I was in St Xavier's, Bombay, hmm. so it was easy for us to tap all these great people because their children were all in college. Like his daughter hmm. Ranu was my classmate. Okay. So we invited Hemant that to be a chief guest. So I sang, and then Amin Sani Sab was also there. Hmm. After the radio con- salon, yeah, radio salon. What an amazing man! Yes. So Hemanta said, um, "Arey, my daughter doesn't want to sing with me on stage and travel here and there. Would you like to come and do duets with me on stage?" Hmm. And that's how my stage concerts with Hemanta started. Okay. And he in turn introduced me to Manna Deji. Mm. Old legends. And with Manada for eighteen years, I traveled all over the world. Wonderful. Wonderful, and they're all amazing, amazing generation of people. And through Manada, also with Talat Mahmood Saab. Okay. And Mukesh Ji's son was in my college, Nitin. Nitin. So with Mukesh Ji, you know how doors open, Smita Ji. I can't tell you. That's why I feel Wonderful. a strong presence of God. Yeah, I'm sure I there feel, must be some divine hand, right? Divine hand, because I feel every time I feel uh, there was a light thrown in my path, saying, "Okay, now turn left. Okay, now turn right." and i went through that part of my life believe me more like a child than mm. an adult i knew that i had to sing i had to work hard with my practice and i knew i had to go to college mm. there was no third worry and i just did my duties as far as my college studies and my singing was concerned everything else god said you just do this i will take care of everything else because i had another rakhi brother so strange whom we used to know in delhi mm. who was gurudev ji's youngest brother mm-hmm. He was in advertising in Bombay, hmm. so during college days, he got me admitted into Xavier's, and he said, "I do jingles. You better sing jingles. You need money to live in Bombay." Yeah. He called me for a jingle to the studio, hmm. and guess his bhabi Gita Ji was singing the Hindi and the Bengali, and I was going to sing the Tamil hmm. Amul Spray jingle. That's yeah. the start of my jingle career. Gita Ji sang a jingle. 
she sang a jingle those days yeah you needed the money right she needed the money and it was her brother in law's right right so right. she was an angel huh. and i sang my first jingle she blessed me and then cut to doing nirma and jandu bombs <laughs> and all that came much later much later but you see how here yeah. i was doing jingles and making a bag of money and coming home mm. and then the only thing i knew is okay next morning i get up i go to college and go for some jingle here there this mm. was my life i didn't have to think i knew i had to get up do my practice this is all i did i never thought for myself i really to tell you the truth i was not a thinking creature mm. it was like automation practice practice college jingle concert this was my life I'm and going to come to uh, the Bombay part, but we can't really ignore Mani Sir sitting out here. No, 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 here, no? So, <laughs> so I'm going to get to that. His is career it, is more interesting than mine. I must confess. No, no, no. I want, I want to talk about you as a couple all through, right? So is it, is it? Uh, you talked about divinity and your divine hand and uh, work of. Do you think that the, it was that divinity again that guided you to meet him and Absolutely. get married to him? Because it happened at a time when uh, you, uh, you know, you've said that you. You didn't expect it to happen. I'm going to, um, I'm going to. And I was quote, not. I was, I was a confirmed bachelor and not young at all. Yeah, I'm going to quote this. It is a uh, very late marriage. In one for me. interview, you said, "I got married to him." This is 1999. I got huh? married to him when I was in my mid 40s. I was a confirmed bachelor, and I was a very successful playback singer. I had just finished Ham Dil De Chuke Sanam and Devdas, and overnight, I was going to be a mother of his children. So. Mani sir, I'm going to ask this romantic period of how did you propose to Kavita, ma'am? What happened? I'm going to get to your career part of it because, like, I mean, that is such an overwhelming uh, subject. But how did you? How did? What was the first meeting like with Kavita, ma'am? You know, uh, I was doing a project, so I was looking for some singer. So I asked one of my friends, "Can you send me those days cassettes are more popular?" Can you send me some cassettes of different singers? Mm. So a whole bunch of cassettes I got of all the top singers at that time. Mm. So I was listening one by one. Then I I picked this voice and said this will be more suitable and it has something extra which I was looking for. Mm. So I told my friend, you know, uh, this particular uh, singer, this is what I wanted to think, find out the detail. Then in one of the projects she sang, and I was doing an album for Warner Brothers Global Fusion album. Hmm. So I was in Bombay doing some basic recordings. Since she was singing in Shanwananda that day, hmm. so he said you should come and you listen this to is, the uh, for viewers and listeners who live abroad. Shanwananda Hall is in Bombay, uh, in today called Mumbai. So Mumbai. yes, please go ahead. Yeah. Yes, sorry. So you don't need to tell that story. <laughs> so <laughs> so it's a very odd story. My friend said, "You know, you have. I mean, you listen to the tape. Why don't you come and listen to her singing? She was singing that day. Okay. So, in, from the studio, from one end, I drove. I gave a break to the musicians, hmm. engineer. Drove one hour to go there, and by the time I went there, there was a break. Oh. So then, my I said, I can't make my musicians. Everybody wait there. So huh. let us go back. I said, no, no, sir. You should come and just at least meet her." So there he took me there immediately. Some guy who was taking a lot of pictures with everybody. He said, "Sir, sir, please come and sit here." Yeah. I thought maybe he recognized I'm a musician or something. I thought he's going to call her. He didn't call her for a while. I was sitting. Then later on, he was, he told me, "Sir, I mean, I'll send the picture of your daughter to your house." So oh my God, this is this is so crazy. So he thought I was sitting there to get the pictures or something. 
I'll send it to you. I said, okay. Then I didn't meet her and came back. Later on, I met her in a studio. for a pro- Before that, we did uh, a project for 100 children, 1,000 children, something like that. That was after Delhi. this. After this. Mm-hmm. So we went to, for the recording, she came. Those days, I you shouldn't feel shy about it. You know, I was just I saying. I don't look like his daughter. It's like crazy. No, somebody, but you know what? It's your, it's your voice, and it's your demeanor. If you close your eyes also and listen to anywhere, it even till today, ma'am, you sound like a sixteen-year-old. As long so, as you say I'm childlike and not childish, <laughs> I'm okay. Yes, <laughs> yes, of course, you're childlike. <laughs> In addition to that, I used to get call. Mr. Krishnamurthy, Mr. Krishnamurthy, as you say, one day I got frustrated and said, you know, Mr. Krishnamurthy died some time back. <laughs> Because our father died quite some time back. He died in the 70s. And I used to get calls, sir, Mr. Krishnamurthy, sir, can so I... So you go? fell in love with her voice before you met well, her? Because of voice and because of singing. Strangely, no, long time back, I think Sathya Sahib Baba told her... Huh? Uh, you yeah, once, sing. with Baba always used to, like every time I went to and sang in Puttaparthi, he would always say, Krishnamurthy... father's name husband's name so one day i was little i said baba you know it's my father's name i'm not married and i don't want to get married then he said something in telugu to his person and the person translated he said you will meet somebody because of your music and you will get married there's no question hmm. because of your music, music. So that's what he said happened. it's music that will be binding for both of and you. is that what is binding the two of you have always i think that is so. one of the things hmm. because also later on as a person because you know whenever I've met a lot of people even in western field mm. when they are some of them are totally down to earth and simple even the success doesn't take over that's but true. she is very very simple and down to earth and at the time the children were wherever i went the children were with me i didn't i couldn't leave them anywhere they were very mm. small um my daughter was around 11 12 and she was very young okay. and son was eight and other other son was about three so all very very young so when, wherever i went for recording you were a single parent at that yeah, time yeah single yeah. parent so i used to take everywhere hmm. then she immediately gelled and she used to play with the children and hmm. she also said i mean she was very very happy with the children running around and everything so i thought because i also had a big doubt you know i'm already you know i have three children and everything four children and with my own career running around all the hmm. time because i was about eight to 10 months i used to travel Hmm. Not in one place, and fortunately, we had an aunt, Kaveria Mavu, mother's sister. Hmm. She was there after I shifted to India. Hmm. She was there all along, and recently, unfortunately, she died hmm. a few months, one month back. So that was the time we met and recorded and play. Uh, started working. Then we started. Um, I started doing some project exclusively for her, like writing. Before that, I used to do a lot of instrumental work. then we started because you had already achieved so much in your career before you met kavita ji i mean you you had started composing music for hollywood international uh, concerts you were giving you had already achieved fame in your life too but it was a different audience right compared to yeah, yeah. your yours was more a popular culture uh, yes, yes. and yours was uh, I would say that your those who came for your concerts already were people who have listened to you before, and you they knew about. Um, so, uh, was there a meeting of minds, and or does music bind anybody? There is no difference. How does it work? No, whenever I mean you have an open mind and you do what any kind of music, because the whole 
thought of global music which i started earlier i used to work with some of the finest african musicians some of the yes, finest this is another thing so uh, for some people don't know the meaning of global music you know i mean my generation would know but the young young people would not understand so if you could explain what global music was and how you started this whole thing at that time in late 60s whenever they talked about classical music in the west they thought they called it occidental classical music was western classical music everything else they put under one carpet uh, saying world music which included indian classical music and chinese traditional music african traditional music every, every genre of music come, came under world music which i was not happy because we have one of the probably the oldest classical system in the mm. world mm. so we had carnatic and in the initially carnatic system started from vedas mm. after that around the 12th 13th century the world the mughals invaded then <coughs> the music took some of the persian influences mm. and we have now two beautiful system south indian classical carnatic and north indian so whenever they said ethnic music uh, we are playing world music i used to always say in the interview and television we are not playing ethnic music or folk music sitting down the, on the floor the tradition of sitting down is because instrumentalists vocalists and everybody was sitting down and performing so this is one of the oldest classical systems so i started calling uh, global music term i created that and started doing festival with that term where i called western classical musicians people like lord manyhuin has been part of it yeah when i started my lakshminarayana festival then we also had even not even sat with you on the yeah, yeah. He, when we played in un he sat He's down and for the 40th year of india celebration in un in new york i sat down and played he also sat down and played a piece i wrote for him i have a quote here which i had uh, dug out in which uh, yehudi menuin uh, said about you and i quote i find nothing more inspiring than the music making of my very great colleague subramaniam each time i listen to him i'm carried away in wonderment what beautiful words yeah. very kind of him to say that he belonged to my father's generation in fact before i went to us i have to tell you one thing because the indian violin earlier was mostly an accompanying instrument correct he used to play with other people my father's vision was to completely change it to bring it to a world stage he said go and listen to many when and big orchestras where the violinists are playing playing in the main you know royal albert hall or carnegie hall or lincoln center and sydney opera house like that our indian classical violin should be heard in that level mm. not organized by only indian sabhas or organization in india so mm. if you can do that do that otherwise come back from us and practice your medicine <laughs> so so i he told me about many when my elder brother vaidinath told me mm. so i never heard of many when so i used to find one of the concerts i went and heard suddenly this is 1960s this was in uh, 80s early 80s 80s early 80s okay so but that time you were bro- in us already uh, that time but huh. my about many when my uh, father told me when i was in college in 65 to 70 that period ah, okay when i was in medical college mm. that time so i heard uh, jasha haifez one of the greatest violinists mm. probably one of the greatest of all ever time, yeah ever so he used to mention all these violinists all of a sudden many uh, when for one of the function i got a call from many when mm. so his secretary said would you be able to come to want to perform he celebrating his 70th birthday mm. i was so happy he belonged to my father's generation father said you know you should go and listen to him 
Mm. There's no way of meeting those people, you know, because they all had management and concert hall, so you know how it is, yeah. security and everything. All of a sudden, I get a call, so I went and played there. Immediately, I finished after I finished playing, came to the stage and gave a big hug and said, "I never heard you anything." You performed uh, Carnatic. Carnatic, my classical. And it was they understood it all. This was in Bonn, and uh, Bonn. All, all Germans and yeah, Germans. Germans. yeah, it was all German. Because the grammar of Carnatic would be different, I'm guessing, from Western music. Yeah, of course, of course. And still, yeah, because what immediately after I playing, he came and came. I had never heard uh, such a powerful uh, playing and with emotion and everything. We should do something together. Wow. So I thought, being a senior musician, being very hmm. kind and just saying kind words. But subsequently, when I was asked to play for the 40th year of India's independence in UN, so the Indian um, consulate there was desperately trying to get him. They were saying he's not available and everything. So finally, I was coaxed to call him and say that, "Can you find out whether he can come?" Mm. So I said, I, "I, you should have talked to his manager because I cannot just call and say, 'Can you come and play for India in the U UN?'" So I called. In any case, he returned the call next day. First, they told the embassy that he's not available. He's touring. He's not free. The manager told. In fact, when I called next day, he called back and said, "Maestro, what do you want me to do?" He called your maestro. Maestro, I said, I was shocked. Then they said, "Please call me a hoodie. Don't call me Lord." Because at that time he had, he was got that uh, title, you no. Know, Lord Menuhin. Lord Menuhin. Yeah. Now before that, it was Sir Menuhin. Huh. He said, "Sir Menuhin." He said, "Call me a hoodie." Then he said, "Maestro, what?" I said, "This is a." Function Indian embassy asked me to ask you whether you are free. He said, "I'll do it for you." What do you want me to do? He said, uh, "This day two dates are available," and he was supposed to play alone Bach. I was supposed to play Indian classical Carnatic music. He said, "What shall we?" Immediately he said, "What can we do together?" So I said, "Whatever you suggest." I thought he would suggest a Bach double concerto because mm. Bach has written many things for two violins, Vivaldi, mm. and things like that. He said, "Can you write something? I like to play with you." And you had already heard Bach, and you knew. Yeah, because I did he my had did masters. his masters in Western music Western. after his medicine. Oh, oh, I, see. I went to US to do my masters in okay. composing and Western music and okay. all those things. So, so all of a sudden, he said, "Why don't you write something for me?" So that's how we started playing. Immediately after the thing, he made a statement in a very. He wrote his own book, and in mm. that book, he made all the statements and everything. We became mm. very close friends. Hmm. Everywhere he did the major uh, all world violins culture everything. I was But always there. But one thing there. I have to say about somebody like Lord Menuhin, this is what uh, you know. The West, some of these great Western artists, they are so humble. He just said, "Don't worry about anything. You want me on that day for a rehearsal thing? I will arrive on my own. Yeah. And I will book myself on my own. You tell me where I have to come for a rehearsal. No that. management involved. There was nothing. no like I'm Lord Menuhin." Yes, yeah. Subramaniam. Like I would need an entourage to receive me at the airport. Wow, nothing, because he's playing for India. He could have yeah. said the um, somebody from the embassy, embassy should come. Nothing, nothing. He said I will reach you. Tell me where I have to come for a rehearsal. So, so simple. This is great then. humility, yeah. which I think every artist should learn. Absolutely. And, and since then, you that you're not bigger crazy. than your music. Huh. You know. Yeah. The first thing when I did when I started my festival, Lakshmana Global Music Festival, I wanted him to be the patron. Because my father has told a lot about him, my father passed away. Immediately he said, "My pleasure, my honor." He sent a letter, and on the top of it, the recording. After I finished playing, he said, "We should record this piece." Mm -hmm. I said, "I have to talk to your management." He was exclusively with EMI at that time. You cannot record with anybody. He said, "No, no, I'm coming to LA. Let us record." Went to a studio. No.
no in between it nobody no managers no company i finished recording then he said we should release it he said i said i can't release it because you are exclusively with emi uh, i have to get permission i was not with emi at that time i was doing some for sony some for warner mm. brothers different different companies they all have their own mm. thing he said don't worry after a week i get a letter from the chairman of emi um this is on behalf of lord minion that uh, he wanted you to release it whatever way you want to do it you can do it how nice how nice you know i mean uh, sometimes companies like uh, can be hard nosed yeah. but they were obviously not because there was so much beauty in that piece probably that's why they just you know let go of it so that there's more audience who can who can and get also, access to and it and also i think somebody like lord menuhin commanded so much of love and affection yeah. and respect he had mm. so everybody and for respected him that and to be released him. he wanted that to be released yeah. means also they will respect that also oh correct he is such yeah. a fantastic musician legendary musician but he said there's also Uh, film scores that you did yes. uh so there was salam bombay mississippi masala there was uh bertolucci's uh, little buddha cotton mary uh, of uh, merchant ivory now your repertoire is so large so i you know you've just spoken about yazdi manuin and then i'm coming to uh, hollywood uh you how did you make transitions does it come easily uh or does it you feel do you feel that this is a commercial thing i need to do this to sustain the other part of it you know i was honestly didn't want to get into the film uh, thing because i was more interested in writing symphony orchestral things because i started writing for major orchestras we did something with the hmm. new philharmonic uh, moscow symphony everything so at the time mira was doing her first film Hmm. the salam bombay hmm. i didn't know anything about the film so when i was approached i told uh, that you know my elder brother vaidinathan was doing lot of films in chennai hmm. he was a fantastic musician hmm. and he was working with all the top music directors so i said he will be a better hmm. choice and everything so she spoke to vijay my hmm. first wife hmm. who unfortunately pa- passed hmm. away because of tumor brain tumor and things she spoke to her and tell some of i want him to do it because we have written the old story listening to his classical cd of uh, kirwani hmm. some album so then she said at least why don't you go see that before you reject it i said it's better my elder brother can do a better job than hmm. I, what i can do hmm. but then finally I, i stopped over in new york flying between france and los angeles she took me and uh, in a preview theater played it that movie really touched me she said this real story where mm. you know all the the children, children uh just get caught in the whole system of you know thing they are caught for a little theft and they become criminals because no representation they stay in the prison with all the circumstances so i said i'll do it and they, she didn't have much budget and everything i said okay i'll mm-hmm. do it and come two days to los angeles mm. i started so i didn't expect anything from that film and i didn't Thought, thought anything is going to come out of all of a sudden i got a call saying the khan film festival has selected as a thing they do is a very big become a big thing subsequently she said uh, she wanted me to do the next film hmm. um the, this other uh, we, we just with dancel washington mississippi masala mississippi, mississippi masala, masala that also i did then later on bernardo betruji approached me to do the little buddha at that time that was a time you know i have lost vg um, uh, and things like that i said mm-hmm. i don't want to i won't be able to do anything for a while I, you can find a lot of other people at the time mm-hmm. we found out she had mm-hmm. major tumor mm-hmm. 
So after six months, he called me again. Hmm. I'm still waiting for you. If you can come hmm. and just see one particular scene, I want you to play. Your violin has to be there. Hmm. So I was going to see one of my spiritual uh, swamiji's, Ganapati Sachidananda Swamiji. He was in Holland. Hmm. So I, I stopped over in uh, London. I still remember I never met him. So I went to the. They picked me up from London. Went to the studio. He was standing in the entrance, tall, big, very strong person. But not able. He gave a big hug and said, <laughs> "Thanks for coming. You just take half an hour and you finish and you leave. No pressure, no nothing. Mm. You, I want you to play because there was a scene where he was uh, Buddha was become self-realized and things mm. like that. That particular scene, he said, "I don't want any dialogue, anything which cannot, which can spoil the whole." So you just play, look at it, and play once. So they put a big screen. I just saw that once and played. That's it. He said, "Thank you," and I got what I wanted. Thanks for coming. So it's all happened like that. I was not uh-huh. planning. I, I was planned. a lot of films I got into not because I wanted to. Because that was not my. I mm. basically I wanted to take this violin, what my father's dream was. All over the world and play Indian classical, write major orchestral things, yeah. which we are also doing soon here. So you talk about this period in your life when uh, your wife passed away. You had little children. Um, I've always wondered what these personal traumas, how they impact on artists. I'm sure you also experience this. That you know you have a bad day, but you have to sing this happy song. Uh, where do you uh, like? Uh, you need like i there's one part in which you said and i quote this it's true that many of us can manage to do a show mechanical without the audience understanding it but i need to have a peaceful mind and have to be focused to perform so i've always wondered that you know when when an artist is going through a personal trauma or you're going through a stressful period in your life how do you still manage to uh, Uh, bring yourself in that bubble where you are one with your music, and uh, that personal stuff is not evident at all when you're on stage or when you're composing. How do you bring that strength? You know, personally, what I have done any time when my mother died, almost for uh, several months, I couldn't play the violin, so I cancelled. I didn't do anything. That was the time. Zubin visited uh, Los Angeles mm. and said, uh, "Master Zubin Mehta said, 'You have to write a piece.' At that time, my father was there, my elder brother was there. I said, 'At this point, I don't think I'll be able to do anything. I'm not even thinking about anything. I can't do anything.' And then my father said, 'You know, this is uh, New York Philharmonic and everything. Don't say no because uh, this is what we have to do. It. Your mother will be happy. Why don't you write a piece for her?' After six months later or so, I started." Much much later, started writing for her. Many times after father died, I absolutely didn't want to touch the violin because father was responsible for this violin to become globally known. Yeah, I think he was my guru and he was a teacher. All this uh, vision he had, I went through the vision. That's it because I didn't. It was not my vision. It was his vision. Hmm. So today I played every practically any major hmm. concert hall when they open or any big celebration. We have played Indian music there, which has mm. never. That was his dream. So after he passed away, I said, "It's my cycle is over. So mm. what other dream begins? No more." That was the time, which he said, you know, he wanted you to continue to play. When mother died, he said, "Don't cancel New York Philharmonic. You should write the piece. Why don't you start a festival on his honor? We will do a festival." 
that's how we started the lakshmanana global music festival as a tribute to him but i didn't play for a while and what play. a big thing it has become it has become it's something that everybody looks forward to and it was something that people you know it was not restricted to just to india yeah. that's what i like 25 countries or something yeah. that you have well, 75 uh, held cities in all over the world yes 75 cities that's phenomenal you know that the that music has gone and that's your contribution too so and I'm, i'm going to speak with kavita ji now if you <laughs> permit me uh, your life uh, one i want to ask you about that personal how do you, because you know like 40000 50000 songs uh, that's like a huge uh, repertoire i would say it's 40 50000 song i normally say it's about 25 to 30 maybe okay. i've not counted but i think 25 <laughs> we are trying to count now you're trying to count i think about around 25 i would say but uh, like i said uh, one that question and the second is that you know your life revolved around classical indian music and film music so when you met mani sir his music was kind of different yeah. uh, what attracted you to his art and uh, how did you adapt to that actually i was a little odd when he called me to sing and i was very nervous because mm. i know that singing for him would have been a little different the composition would have been a little different because mm. he's not a film composer in that but things are different and his global fusion album i didn't know what fusion was all about it was confusion for me i said what will what will i do but you know i sang that piece and uh, and after that i must say that to a certain extent all this has been a learning uh, experience for me in a very very different way like suddenly being thrown into lincoln center saying okay the concert is happening you have to sing a piece called ganga it's based on rag jog and there's george duke, george duke mm. and stanley clark and you know all these jazz artists there what what will i and you had not done any jazz even though rd burman and no, all no, nothing no, 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 no jazz i not no i have no formal training of all that i've learned okay. hindustani music and i got into films okay so uh, for me to handle all these things was a little little difficult but i must say that he has been in his own way he has been a teacher he has shown me and also i l- learned to listen to instrumentalists see mm. what they are playing mm. how the harmony goes and how they are playing over it and mm. they all come and they also don't get so many rehearsals they just come on stage they listen to the harmonies and little while they're on their own mm. so i realized that every musician should have an individualistic approach to music mm. singing a 5 minute songs was my forte like going to the studio learning the composer's song and singing but here when i'm thrown on stage and saying okay you have to do some alaps on your own mm. it is it is a very difficult job for me but slowly 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 and also orchestral work you know what happens mm. like if when i'm doing freedom symphony or bharat symphony which i'm doing in delhi i don't read western music huh. so everybody has a score in front Yeah. In my case I have to memorize all my entry and my how many times what I have to sing because I can't sing anything extra like a film song because the orchestra will continue to play huh. so I have to sing my portions exactly where I have to sing my portions okay so it's a test of memory and those kind of skills that so all those things I think um, he has really been a wonderful teacher for me It's a more uh, restrictive uh, form you know it is when you play Not, with a full symphony orchestra huh. for them everything is written everything oh, is it's so like a film song like hawa hawai also huh. 
I cannot in in front of a recording mic. How how I as many times as it comes, I have to sing because the music is entirely the musicians are playing and I'm doing live with them. So it's a oh. six minute song. It has to be a six minute song. Okay. I suddenly can't sing one line twice. Then I'll go wrong, right? Oh. Similarly with a symphony orchestra like Bharat Sometimes Symphony. Sometimes I like sitting in a concert when you're listening. It would seem that you're in the mood. So, no, one line got lia. Live concert baat alag hai. Huh. But when you're actually recording, oh, recording. Even but recording is fine. No, those days we did six minute songs at a stretch. You're talking about It's the eighties and nineties. Whole of eighties and early nineties. All my songs were done in one stretch. Hawa hawa, one stretch. Roop ki rani, chorunga raja. Even my most difficult songs, all in one stretch. Hawa hawa, you did in one stretch. Yes, there was no dubbing facilities those days. If wow. I made a mistake, the musicians have to play everything again for me. And I was a junior singer, and there were a lot of senior musicians there. So. Like everybody would look at their watch if I make a mistake and say, "I said, 'Poor, इसके लिए फिर से गाना बजाऊँ.' You know that kind of a thing. So <laughs> I had to, I'd literally be on my toes. कि कितने बार lines गाने हैं, जितना हो सके सुर में हो, because there were no pitch correction machines also, और अल्फाज ठीक हो, expression हो. So everything, the six-minute song, one, two, three, four, it starts till the end. You have to go. And today, one word. Yeah, yeah. today's one word. Yeah, yeah. Huh? <laughs> so technology has now wait. Artificial intelligence. Say, God knows. Say hawa, <laughs> and then after fifteen minutes, say hawaii. <laughs> yes, huh? yes. And then stick yeah. it together. <laughs> yes, yes. Right. It's not that tape which yeah, we used to be yeah, earlier. Yeah. Like yeah. I think today's generation won't even figure out. Yeah, yeah. Of even one cut, you yeah. know, yeah. Uh, an actor doing one cut long uh, dialogue delivery. That's not there at all. Yeah. There are so many so, cuts. Yeah. Uh, Even with the symphony orchestra, you can't. There are no cuts. Like once I go up on stage and I have to do Bharat Symphony, if I make a oh, mistake, sorry. I hope I can catch it at the right point again. Kavita ji, I want to ask you one question, which my research team dug out, which I didn't know, uh, and I was told that your name was Sharada. Uh, yes. Krishna Murthy and Hemanta made you change the name. What happened? Can you can I get the backstory <laughs> on that? Actually, I am Sharda. My college friends still call me Sharda. Hmm. It's just that uh, this uh, this was could, could have been 1972 when hmm. I was singing. I very clearly remember I was singing in an auditorium called Birla Auditorium in Bombay. Hmm. So right when my name was announced, I went up on stage and audience started shouting "Titli Udi, Titli Udi, Titli Udi." That sung by the other Sharda ji. Yeah. सितली उड़ी उड़जो चली उड़जो चली फूल ने कहा आजा मेरे पास मैं कहूं मैं चली कुछ आजाद और समथिंग लाइक दैट I, you know what? The, I have to <laughs> tell you this: that uh, whenever my uh, children's exams would be over, I would. This was my song. I would <laughs> really? say, "Itli udi today I'm free." Udi chali, hawa ne kaha. It's actually a very cute song. मैं कहूँ मैं चली आजा. I'm free today. Very cute song. Anyway, yeah. but they're like a real. You know, I was a college girl, but then my whole demeanor was like a school girl. You know what I mean? I was one of those real darpoks. So I'd go up on stage and say. आप जो शारदा समझ रहे हैं मैं वो शारदा नहीं हूँ मैं एक नई सिंगर हूँ और मैं आपको लता जी के कुछ गाने सुना रही हूँ एंड आई वुड स्टार्ट सिंगिंग सो आपने So she came home, and that night she told me, my didi in Delhi, hmm. who's my mamuni's daughter, only hmm. daughter. So she's my didi. So didi is Nandita. Hmm. So mum says 
she's Nandita. Aaj theke tu hi Kavita. Oh. And then we went to the mm. legal place and got my name from Sharda to Kavita. And I was a little very uncomfortable because honestly, I like Sharda. I thought yeah. Kavita is a very common name. You know what I mean? Very, very common. Sharda was like, Sharda has a bit of a personality. But see, Sharda is on your lips. In but, your you tongue, know, no? but you know, but Sharda, I must baby. say that Kavita really brought me luck. Yeah. Sure. So Sharda gave you the talent and God-given talent and <laughs> Kavita brought you the luck, Kavita right? Kavita brought me luck, yes. What was it like? You know, you were mentioning uh, Mohamed Rafi, Manade, yeah, yeah, yeah. those greats. Oh, absolutely. And today when we, you know, when you, there are so many songs and no offense to today's artists, but seriously, when you're feeling down and out and you want to listen to something, I would still go to a Rafi, I would still go to a Manade, yes, I would yes, still, absolutely. and my parents would still go to a K.L. Segal, though yes. K.L. Segal was way before their time, yes, you yes, know. Yes. We would still go to those greats. What was it like to perform with them? One thing uniformly I felt about all of them, whether it was Hemantada, whether it was Manada, then Talat Saab, all, all these people, uh, Mukesh Ji, mm. these are the people I performed on stage with, and Mahinder Kapoor that extreme dedication to their work and that came first and they were all all basically very very simple very very simple straightforward people mm -hmm. and there was when they met each other there was a lot of you know there were times when Shanmukhananda Hall or Brabant Stadium concert backstage I went and there was uh, Lataji in one side and this time in this place Manada Mohammed Rafi Saab, everybody sitting together, chatting together and waiting for their turns to sing two, two songs. And I was a junior singer who went with Manada to sing, you know, one song like, what did I sing? I think I said, Kabhi Kabhi, Mere Dil Mein. That mm. song I sang and then I was going to sing Ye Raat Bhegi Bhegi and all mm. those duets with Manada. But I just saw all of them had their, when they went up on stage, it was like, this is my first concert. Mm. And Manada's... With him, 18 years, I, I saw what, what dedication was to music. He was trained classical singer. Trained classical, right? but his riyas, his going up on stage and the sincerity. And, you know, sometimes, even if he used to have a lot of voice trouble, colds and coughs, not to make sure he doesn't miss his note. He would just not worry about it. He just close his eyes and just do those phrases. He's making sure every note is perfect. That's what I learned that, you know, they were so, so conscious about their singing. Mm. And I remember one particular song I was learning from him, Tum Gagan Ke Chandrama. Oh, that's such a... It's the first time I was going to sing on stage. He says, Chalo, rehearsal karte. So when I sang one particular line, he sang, Kyu? Why are you taking Sahara of that note and singing? I didn't understand. He says, you step on that note and then you go to that higher note. Why? Why can't you go directly? You see, that's an extra note in your singing and... It spoils the word. But Tum Gangan Ke Chandrama is not higher notes. No, they're the low, no, low it's a notes. Low note, tum, no? tum Maha Sagar Ki Seema. So for, Tum Maha, from Pa it goes to Sa, okay? Hmm. So you step on that Pa and then you go to Sa. Huh. So he says, you can do straight from Pa to Sa instead of stepping onto it. So hmm. I was just thinking that how with a microscope they listen, they look at every song with a microscope when they go to a mic, hmm. in front of a mic. And he and Lataji and all, not hmm. one extra note required in what they are singing they are so precise that they don't want to do extra embellishments harkat mm. murki mm. which is not required in a song they won't sing it mm. whatever they have sung you notice it's absolute perfection there's not one extra note you won't when lataji sings you feel this is the only way the song can be yeah. sung 
there is no need to do any extra harkat or murki to pass on the emotion mm. the simpler the song the more straightforward you pass on the emotion the more you simplify the song and standing note the standing notes of a song are the most important when your standing notes are beautiful and every standing note has depth mm. then that emotion will reach you instead of doing mm. 400 murkis you don't need to do that in a film song you're yeah. singing for the masses the simpler you sing you listening to that song will say ye to bahut aasan hai main bhi ga sakti hu it's only when you sing you realize how difficult it is to sing in sur like that yeah those that's a gift those which was one of gave. the most difficult uh, songs that you would think that it it took a lot of effort from your part of course hawa hawai was difficult for me at that time because i was a new singer and i was for me to sing a, a very naughty song i didn't feel i had the acting <laughs> ability to sing in that okay. it 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 did pose a certain problems and you know those pakchiki lakichi to get them all correct in the mic oh, because as i told you some i love singing that it's one take <laughs> okay when nobody's listening i could go to the bathroom and just do the pakchiki pakchiki <laughs> it makes no sense but when you're feeling uh, you know that life is not fair you just do that and just pick it up okay. and i'm not like looking at shri devi or anything yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just that it's a positive aspect yeah. of the song yeah yeah and i think tu hi re was little difficult yeah. for me i told rehman ji also i said aapne to mere ko z scale mein gawa rahe no rehman sings very high. high yeah so you know if you remember my lines in in pyar ki raahon mein it's but so high haan. but it it seems very effortless no, when no, you no, do no, it no 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 i struggled first two times i did it then uh, uh, actually his uh, uh, murti ji his assistant and all they all did the song then when rehman walked in he said can you sing those two lines for me again is very sweetly I think you can do this a little better, no? With mm. a little less strain. And I said, "Hey, Bhajrang Bali," and I started that song. I said, "You know, this is a very important song for me." But then still, I said, "You know, I had to do this song. Mm. I wanted to do it. Then I did it." And so, is said, it what okay. breath control? How do you take that pitch so Ek high? So high, hey! You have you have to to a certain certain extent. I'll tell you when when you sing that high. Sometimes when it's that high, it may not be your real voice. It might be your head voice. Uh-huh. So that sm- transition from chest voice to head voice has to be very smooth. If it is not smooth, you will you will hear crack. the strain. Mm. You will hear the strain in the voice, even if it's not a crack. Mm. You'll feel, yeah. You you know when you listen to a singer, sometimes you mm. feel na this is uh-huh. the highest note. इसके ऊपर ये singer high से ऊपर जाई नहीं सकता. That should never come in a song. Uh-huh. You should feel the singer can sing higher than this. ये तो बाएं हाथ का खेल है. Huh. That's a success of a easy, smooth singing, no? Huh. So, and who did you sing very easily with? Like, uh, as oh, no, by the way, third song was "Ham Dil De Chuke Sanam," the title huh. song. Even that yes, goes very high. High ke alawa, main to sinus ki, you know, I'm always with a blocked nose. Ham, Sanam, all these words in a humming. Lot Ma. of <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, it's anyway nasal, <laughs> yeah. and then uh, nasal yeah. and high pitch must be double all, whammy. All bad, you know, how many battles I've. <laughs> fought in my career yeah with my sinus you do know. this high pitch <laughs> and when the actress is doing with this very i know, you know you feel so annoyed no <laughs> they do it so with, easily without a slight thing on the face it because they are lip syncing <laughs> right the effort is not showing only yeah, you know that know. it's all these lines yeah. are straining when yes, you go <laughs> absolutely i can imagine you say but you know have you seen one song of shabana ji's which i did for a film called saaz Saaz, I huh? always do Shastang Pranam to Shabana Shabana Ji for that song. Um, 
बादल उमड़ घुमड़ उन्होंने खुद गाया इसका उनका ऐसा है लिप मूवमेंट का ऐसा होता है उनका शीज टू इवन अर्थ द सॉन्ग्स दैट यू नो इन दैट इट रियली फील्स that she's singing yeah, in yeah. that in those uh, she's an artist who emotes every word even amita bachchan i've seen that it's even though so many people have sung for him and uh, i mean, even like you were talking about kabhi kabhi like main pal do pal ka shayar hu mukesh ji has sung mukesh ji has sung yeah but, yeah yeah and his mukesh ji's voice is so different from amita bachchan yeah. but still it feels yes, like yes. you know it's him that's really it. artistry from the point of view of a huh. actor But mm-hmm. how does it feel at that time when you see a like? Did you have a favorite actress? Then you said, "Ha, okay." Like she sung, uh, like you said, Shabana Azmi. That I liked singing for this person. Madhuri Dixit. Madhuri. She mm. is so good. Yeah. Her eyes speak. Her lip. You know, like if you see Devdas, yeah. Margala. Ha. The way she is expressed, that, that Margala. <laughs> that Margala. So good. Is, no, she's so yeah. so so That's, good. You have sung Margala in. so many different ways in every line has a nuance to mardala and uh, she conveys that with her expressions yes, she's very good. one angle she's doing mardala here yeah. one angle she's doing yeah, like yeah. that she's was, so good she's terrific i think they gelled very well yes, with yes. Uh, you uh, doing that but then again mera like piya ghar aaya oh ram ji all the uh, songs for her i really enjoyed seeing yeah, piya ghar aaya oh ram ji and another song which i thought she was terrific was kesara sara That is she such was so difficult... good. No, her How dancing. How did you do that? The movement, her absolutely. Yeah, yeah, she's too good. And even in that, it's a high pitch. For me, it's low pitch. Shankar is touching the heaven. Huh. Shank. But my lines were. Pyaar is He's fast. Pyaar is huh. that. Yeah. So it was for me. It is a very rare scale. You normally yeah, don't get correct. to see low so low. No, but K Sera Sera, you took high huh, pitch. That part is high, but the antras were all low. The ha, huh, those <laughs> were low. <laughs> Yeah, we we've gone into <laughs> Bollywood. We've gone into Bollywood. So let's come back to Mani sir, um, and your companion, your other companion, or should I say your main companion? <laughs> main, right? main, 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 main. So whom does he love more, Kavita ji? Honestly, the violin comes first. The violin comes absolutely. First. Tell us the story of this violin, sir. You know, this uh, 1984 or so. Hmm. It's a company called Barkisbury. Hmm. They were making special violins, which you could use in a open air because normally in a concert hall you use a microphone and it doesn't mm-hmm. feedback when you play in a open air with you know it does of, a feedback if the after explain to uh, people what a feedback, a feedback is, is those you know, who don't know the when they ring- keep the microphone increase the volume more huh. than what it's it like a boom can. it you started hearing a boom hum boom all those thing because it can be microphone position if it is uh you can't go too close to play also there to huh. be some distance because of the huh. bowing the violin and i do a lot of cross bowings also huh. so i have to keep a distance so they made uh, this violin and gave it to stefan grappelli hmm. and stefan grappelli said if anybody can play uh, the one stefan grappelli was one of the greatest probably hmm. the greatest jazz violinist from france absolutely amazing violinist My but God. you are the violin chakravarti thank you, thank you. <laughs> So he said, if anybody can play the violin, you should give it to Dr. Subramaniam. Mm. He will make that sing. 
so they gave me and requested me whether i can use it for my the next concert which was coming up was uh, the new york philharmonic the piece mm. which i wrote for my mother mm. fantasy without mm. limits fantasy on vedic chants so they gave me but those days it used to be four string violin mm. this advantage of this was like i have a direct connection to the the amplifier or the mic out Hmm. So it has a lead that goes into yeah, that. Yeah, there is a wire, okay. or nowadays there's a wireless, wireless, huh? which I use. So even when you play with the full orchestra, otherwise you know you'll get totally drowned with hundred musicians playing, hmm. and you are playing with the microphone more than certain thing. Hmm. <coughs> Those days there was feedback. Now hmm. better things have come. So they gave it to me. I started playing <coughs> the first concert. You know, uh, was this five string violin? Hmm. It was with all the memory of my mother. and which uh, these things my father was also there so i was totally not even prepared to play i didn't want to play because i it was so remembering my mother you know we are i'm playing a concert like a celebration things like that but once the sound took over normally when, whenever i start going the sound takes over i forget everything hmm. so after the concert i realized in the people you know screaming and uh, the ovation and he always shouting. says you know that the sound takes over mm-hmm so we, the audience was screaming the continuous club it was a live radio broadcast so i have to come few times my father was very happy say you know he made a big tribute they want an encore again again they want a encore but we didn't have an encore because it's uh, huh. we were not prepared because it was originally it was supposed to be one piece major piece and they were also celebrating one of the very great american composers birthday uh, aaron copland mm. he was 90 years at that time 85 so some function was uh, happening this main concert was for so from that time i really really like the violin because i also the sound took over and also i almost felt like you know some positive things were there my mother was there and something like you know you sometimes you feel mm. some positive things and something in a voice start leading you mm. so from that time whenever i play even at any difficult time when i'm not well uh, Oh, very under a lot of pressure. Everything. I just think of my Ganesha and my father, and uh, the sound takes over. So, lot of my personal health, uh, whatever, if I'm going through pain or not able to sit and stand up, everything, everything I forget. Mm. Sound takes. So I totally got attached to this violin. Mm. I've been using it, and quite a few times uh, there was a lot of uh, something went wrong. Like you know, somebody broke the bridge. so i have to re fix it again and recently december first week just a day before my concert in carnegie hall with uh, the december first week with swami ji mysore swami ji the whole thing didn't work the knob didn't work i like how he just drops it like that new york philharmonic carnegie hall <laughs> <laughs> you know he's just like when i was here when i was there so see, the whole thing so i spent 6 hours I talked to this guy. He's a fantastic friend who uh, David Gage. Who's David? David okay. Gage is a big. Uh, he owns a shop and uh-huh. he also electronic specialist. Uh-huh. So I called him and said, "Tomorrow is my concert. There's something." You know, they never. Or they'll never say, "Okay, I'm just coming to." They never do that, no. They never do. He said, "Fix an appointment." 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 Four o'clock, they go home because they they plan their weekend. Weekend. He sat himself. This was in New York. Yeah. Worked till six seven, and fix all the three things. So the first concert again was there recently there. 
Now I played here yesterday and few other places. So it's okay now. It's, it's back to back to yeah. Back to function. So we, when uh, you know we were before we started recording the podcast, we were talking about uh, you know uh, instrumental music and vocal music and about how when you began uh, with the violin at that time, you know, all the concerts were more concentrated on. vocal musicians and the the fan following the the kacheris everything was oriented towards vocal musicians uh, tell us how uh, you decided to become an instrumental uh, musician and uh, that took you abroad and that got you fame have things changed then and now so just tell me the story you know but this basic thought of making the violin internationally known indian classical violin was my father's idea mm. because he was a fantastic violinist those days if you play with a vocalist and sometime you know you have to always play you don't need that much technique you always supported sometime if you get more attention then they didn't you, like it <laughs> they didn't like it you are dropped and then uh, all those things yeah so he said uh, we have to develop this and we have to do it as solo instrument like Go and listen to many, and go and listen to Grappelli and major orchestras. We have to have our Indian violin heard in all those places. That was his dream. So after I finished my medicine, I was interested in doing masters in Western classical music. So we said, you go there, and but don't play any house concerts. If you can work and make it an internationally known instrument, mm. then you stay there. I'll come back and practice medicine. Don't have to suffer trying to be a accompanist and things like that. But as luck would have it, I went there to do my masters. It was supposed to be two years because here, you know, you have to do a, those days. You have to have a masters, I mean, bachelors in music before you do masters in music. Mm. So here they said, after finishing my medicine, which is six and a half years, mm. they said if you want to do masters in music, go and do a diploma of four years somewhere, and then do BA music to it, then come back to masters. That means another six years. Mm. I said, no, no, I'm not going to do another six years to get a bachelors in music. I sent my tape. Applied in a couple of places. Both the places gave me full scholarship. Where was this? In MA. One was in California Institute of Arts. Huh. It was started by Walt Disney. It was a very creative hmm. new hmm. place. Another place was in Ithaca, hmm. New York. So then my father found out Ithaca was a lot of snow, a lot of cold. He said, <laughs> "You'll get sick. Go to California. It is better for you." Oh. And also, he had some friends there. So I went to California. Sunny California, always, yeah. <laughs> right? So many Indian musicians have made that their home, that yeah. state. Yeah, like Kansar had a school in yes. uh, Bay Area. And I think Ravi Shankar ji was also there. Zakir Hussain also there. Zakir ji was also there. Zakir ji was also there. Yes. Now I went there to do my masters. I was so homesick. I wanted to finish it. I finished everything in nine months. What a difference! Yeah, they said I have to do another six years to do my bachelor's. I almost finished my masters in nine months. All the requirements. Uh, I worked so hard because I didn't have a BA in music, mm. so all the subjects I have to cover. Most of the time, I was in the library. Oh, that's so Indian. <laughs> no, <laughs> one year course you finish in six, six months. months. Four year It's course so you finish in work. one year. No, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hard also, work. <laughs> hard work and also eaten up with guilt that I don't want to waste my father's money. You yes, know, rupees, spending yes, in dollars. In those days, they were not. No, yeah, they were for so me, poor, it was yeah. all full scholarship. I mm. there was no money was involved. Ah, Complete full scholarship, but I was homesick. <laughs> I want to be with my father and mother and brothers and sisters. So it was like 
nothing else no problem because no indian was, food no in the 60s indian food slowly i started getting huh. having pickle with bread in the lunch <laughs> and soup with bread and yeah. pickle so when one of my friend brought this mango pickle and the variety of you know there were no mtr idlis nothing those days only campbell soup <laughs> campbell soup yeah oh i can't drink that very okay, so for a short time i wanted to finish it and come back the time dean said you know i can't let you go because it's a two year course hmm. but instead but since your teachers have recommending you so highly if you want you go back and come after one year and give a concert hmm. on that basis i can otherwise the better choice is i'll give you a part time faculty job why don't you work here for another nine months hmm. and get your degree and go so that way you don't have to spend your money and come back things so my i spoke to my father he said okay instead if you come back and we have to buy a ticket and go it will be difficult they have given you a full scholarship for two years your ticket is paid everything paid finish it hmm. that was the time i was asked to go on a major tour hmm. with uh, george harrison was promoting with ravi shankar and family and friends we played all over the place oh my god see what i mean george harrison <laughs> like you know okay <laughs> i want to do that when you say ravi shankar like okay that was a fantastic no, tour what was, a tour that must that have been that was a fabulous tour so all of a sudden did you realize sir at that moment that you know here are, here is the beatles here is ravi shankar i, I was it was it that overwhelming experience i mean of course you're talented at that stage but you're young at the time you know i was fascinated by people like menuhin and uh, uh-huh. jasha haifitz and beethoven and bach and people like that who composed yeah. things like that bach and things like that but for me at that time i immediately i told my father i won't be able to go to this tour because you know i just got a job as a how can i ask for four months leave again because he already oh made no because <laughs> you thought rethought about performing with ravi shankar and with no, no, pandit ravi shankar and with No, no, no. Because the thing was, my father Raviji wrote a note and sent it to me, and my father also said, "If you can go to the tour," I said, "I have to ask permission huh. because I just got a job." Because instead of going back to India, Dean has been kind enough to give me a job and say, "You teach." This is uh, so Indian again. I'm saying, telling you that so, job is so. No, because otherwise, I yeah, won't get true. my MA. For me. Your father said, "Come back and do medicine." Piece of paper was very difficult. <laughs> and, What an interesting story. Go ahead, sir. So I. I called uh, my father. He said, "No, no. Ask the dean if he give permission to go." I went to the dean and told him, "You know, sorry, you give me a job. I'm very happy, but I also want three or four months leave because my father said there's an offer to go on a tour. Major, I said, with who? Who are you going?" I said, "George Harrison of the Beatles. He was some. He is doing this tour with Raviji and some places. He was also performing in U.S., mm-hmm. Europe, everything. Only Raviji and his group and all of us. We were. I was mm-hmm. featured South Indian soloist." At that time, I didn't know where the Royal Albert or anything, you know, all those things. So, but he said, as long as you mentioned you are from Calat, you go fine, no problem. Such and a nice I, man. Branding. Branding. <laughs> such then, a kind person. I would plus say. Plus, there's no salary cut. Also, okay. You know, he would have said, you know, four months leave without pay and all those things. So he said, no, you go do whatever you want, come back, and you wherever you can, you mention Calat. I said, sweet. So we went on a tour. that was the tour i was playing with the, one of the concerts was royal albert hall and, and you know the fun yeah. thing when he tells me about the thing he says they had an aeroplane which which was painted uh, which which had the name painted on it what it was, was it called it uh, was george's uh, charter a plane huh. it, he had a the, the record company called dark horse okay so, so this plane had dark horse written on it and the whole troop would go in this plane symbol of dark horse painted in the plane huh. so such a fantastic tour they had a 
Indian cook. Mm. So we used to have regular Indian food, but used to work like rehearse for for you and for Pandit Ravi Shankar. I'm guessing. And there were other Indian musicians. There were other Indian. Musicians. Shiva Kumar Sharma was there. Pandit Shiv Kumar Sharma. Hari yeah. Hari Ji was, was there. Sultan Khan. Hari Prasad Chaurasi. Yeah. Yes, Sultan Khan. Sultan Khan. And uh, Alaraka Ji. He was the youngest actually. What a troop this was. Yeah. This was yeah. Can you imagine we what a troop it was? <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Then <laughs> all of a sudden. Today it's not possible. Yeah, it's not possible. They're Today all... they were, and you all performed together. I mean, uh, today there'd be you, ego issues. Kiska pehle chalega, kiska baad mein. How did that work, sir, with all these But people? But I have to tell you that we did a project called Visions of India. Hmm. This for Lakshmi Narayana Festival, where my vision was to bring different sounds of India from different parts of India. So one should be able to listen to the sounds and visualize. He started with Bengal. This four cartes, Purnadas. Now he's ninety plus. Yeah, he was. He has done a lot of work with Bob Dylan and everything. Mm-hmm. He was one of the earliest to do collaboration. So I thought of this idea. I should have Purnadas singing, and then I should have Balamurli ji singing Indian classical, then Gangubai ji singing North Indian classical. Oh yeah. And Did Gangubai Angal come? Yes, actually. she I'll came. I'll tell you. So first she issue is was amazing. then Kavita singing Bollywood. My daughter Bindu was singing English song. And uh, we had the, we had the Langars doing the Rajasthani music. Rajasthani. Then uh, Vadali brothers doing Vadali the Punjabi brothers. music. So when I started the project, everybody said it's not going to work because classical musicians won't stand next to a folk artist. Yeah. And same thing, you know, Bollywood people won't be happy standing next to a classical or folk artist. Kinka alapi nahi ho raha hai. Ham log ka chance kaam milega. You know that yeah, I have yeah. seen many yeah. singers getting irritated with the length of alaps. Gosh. Really? Yeah, because it's like, chalo, chalo. Like you know, for me, that's the most beautiful part yeah. of a classical concert is the alap. Huh. But so that go ahead, that opened my eyes because then everybody said it's not going to work out mm. because you know calling Gangubai Angalji. I mean, at that time she stopped singing almost for a decade after her daughter died. Yeah. And after her daughter died, she didn't want to sing at all. Mm. At that time, uh, Mr. S. M. Krishna was also told me that it's not going to work out, you know, because she doesn't sing. How are you saying that she's going to sing? What did um, uh, Mr. S. M. Krishna? S. M. Krishna was at that time was ex Chief Minister of uh, Karnataka. Karnataka. Then he, he, he used to a, come for our festivals. He used to. He used to this was in He's Bangalore. a great music Bangalore. lover. Yeah, he was a great music. He used to so come. So he always used to come for and our festivals. And he was also for a short time. He was in uh, Bombay, Mumbai as a governor, mm-hmm. Karnataka, Maharashtra. He said, okay. "Will she? You know, like she won't be able to." He said he, he was I coming for the Bangalore concert. But wasn't also. Kishori Amunkar coming in place of Gangubai or something like that at that no, stage? No, no. But no. Gangubai was much older and senior. So I wanted her to be there, and our first concert was in Bangalore. So mm. we thought we'll get her from Hubli and Dharwad to come mm. and stay with us. Indoors. And then Balamurli ji was uh, he was mm. one of the most known singers in Karnataka. So all these people, everybody said it's not going to work out. His tilana is magical. Yeah, yeah magical, absolutely. You're well, you're such a music lover. It's yeah. amazing. Tilana, <laughs> yeah. wow. Yeah. So when I. Call Gangubai ji and said you have to sing. He said I have not sung for ten years. I said you have to come. So she mm. agreed to come. Everybody came to my house in Bangalore. Mm. We all just met once without discussing anything. After one hour or so, everybody was friends with everybody. Somebody oh, took the harmonium yeah. and started playing. Vadali brothers started singing. Huh. This uh, Rajasthan folk singer started singing. Balam really started. Like singing. when Badali brother started singing, this man took out his kartal and he started playing kartal for him. And you know, it was so informal, informal. and all the musicians so, relaxed so much. I said much. everybody, we will do five, five, five minutes. 
Pankajudas and Gazal and everybody five hundred. At the end, I said we are all going to stand, stand on and stage. do a thing together. Hmm. Absolutely, everybody no. would do to one and a half to two minutes, one after the other, and then do one day matram together. So which oh, I have composed did. something linking hmm. from folk style to classical style to everything. Huh. Everything and you found a common strain. Yeah, common strain. I have to compose something because that is was, your magic. Yeah. That you can compose. Where did it? Nobody said anything. He said we love to do Everybody this. Everybody was so cooperative. Everybody, you know? and we repeated in different places. So I think under proper circumstances and proper understanding, musicians hmm. are open. But otherwise, generally the assumption is, you know, if I go there, will, will I get importance? Correct. That question, that yeah, insecurity. Yeah, I think that's the worry that eats them up. It's yeah. the, but basically they are all open to doing uh, things together. And a classical and musician, especially, they feel you know suddenly a Bollywood singer and everybody started asking yeah. for that thing whether I'll get importance. A folk artist will think, oh, if I go next to a classical singer, nobody will respect yeah. me. They'll think you're a folk artist. But all these things are true. Mm. But when it is under proper thing planned and things like that, we did it all over India. Mm. We, we did it group. in Delhi also. It was mm. called Visions of India. Mm. So it was part of our festival. So we did Bombay and we did Bangalore. What Delhi. is your experience with when you meet with <coughs> uh, artists of this kind, where uh, they are they are so accomplished uh, that at times they get temperamental, and they, do you feel they're justified in in uh, being temperamental because they've experienced hurt before? Or do you feel that it is they're at a higher level, or they're they're free spirits? They're at a different. What is your experience? I don't think there's any justification for that, hmm. but I sometimes I kind of understand some of the tantrums which artists can have, and I just accept it as part of their personality. Saying that all the five fingers are not similar, it's not necessary that all artists will be humble and down to earth. There'll be somebody who's actually fantastic, but has a line of insecurity inside for whatever. Mm. It could be their childhood upbringing. It could be a, like, you know, to a certain extent, we've all grown up with a lot of love in the family. And, you know, mm. my family has given me a lot of confidence to say, okay, you know, I, people should accept me for what I am. I don't have to be somebody else to be accepted. But there are certain people who've gone through a lot of poverty Mm. Some people who have not gone through school education mm. and there are other handicaps. So it, it kind of makes them into a different person. But inside they, the core might be nice. But you see their outside tantrums like, I've seen all these tantrums and mm. he's saying, These kind of things I've seen a lot. But then... I know for, I'm, I'm not an organizer at that point, so I don't feel all these pains. Mm. But I feel it's there's some insecurity because when I see some of the Western musicians who, whom he has worked with, like George Duke and Stanley Clark and Hubert Laws and you know some of the even Vadim Rippin from, they're all so so down to so down to earth. They carry their own bag. They're even they, you know, they'll carry their suitcase and the violin and come out of the hotel. They're not looking for a porter, also. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So when I see their upbringing from childhood, they've been learnt to take care of themselves. Then I think when I see some of the tantrums which Indian artists, I think I just I just take it as take care. He's like this. It's it's his loss that mm -hmm. he's not learned to mix. I don't feel earlier I could have felt a sense of anger sometimes but now I don't I feel it's just your background has a lot to do with the kind of person you are there are a lot of these classical musicians also mm. who are amazing musicians on stage but mm -hmm. once they come off stage 
you know, they have a lot of issues, but mm. it's also because some of them have not gone through any schooling or yeah. any proper. I do feel that you know, yeah, a little bit of an educated upbringing does mm. help a person. You worked person. with so many composers uh, over the decades, um, and you've you've also worked, like you said, one hour uh, song. You know, uh, uh, sorry, a uh, one take songs that yes. you did, where you had to sing the whole thing, and then slowly. Uh, technology changed. Uh, let's come to that part about singing these days, where uh, where technology and now artificial intelligence yes, taking that's over. Scary, actually. Very what do you scary. feel at that stage that you know um, you have to adapt to it because everybody has to adapt to technology? Do you feel a sense of loss, or do you feel that okay, this is a new thing? Well, as far as technology is concerned. I feel it's okay. We have to take it in our strides, and well and good. At this age, if I have to sing one word and then sing, take a big breath and then sing the next word, well, my life is easier at this age. Mm. And I've already got trained, groomed in the difficult ways of singing songs. Mm. So now for me, it's you know, it's like chutti, free mm. freedom. <laughs> I wouldn't have liked this when I was young because I feel mm. it would somehow uh, impede my uh, processes of thinking and being alert. Mm. So for me now, technology is okay, but I do feel scared of artificial intelligence. And mm. unless it's used for, you know, medicine or something, science or something like that, for music, when you think of AI, I feel very scared. And I feel it. There can be a lot of misuse. The mm. good, forget the good uses. I don't know what good uses it will have. Like to take my voice and sample it and say, okay, I can get her to sing a song in um, Arabic. <laughs> mm. Or the most difficult language in the world, Russian or whatever, Japanese, Chinese. I wouldn't be happy to hear a voice song of mine mm. in Chinese, which mm. I have not actually worked hard and sung myself, mm. because it's Chinese. Fine, it's my voice, but do you think it'll have my emotion? I'm mm. que my question mark is, what happens? A song is supposed to have emotion, right? The main part of a singing is emotion in any form, whether it is a spiritual song. It's a happy song. It's a sad song. If you're not able to pass on an emotion, then you're not an artist. Correct. So is is AI going to pass on the emotion of my voice or what are the way I sing or the way Alka sings or the way Shreya sings or Arijit sings? Will an AI bring that in a Chinese song or a Russian song? I don't know. Hmm. Because honestly, I also hear this. Sometimes these children are crazy about K-pop and all that, hmm. right? I'm not that generation. I listen to that music. Yeah. It doesn't touch my heart. I know I'm not young. Maybe if I was young no, and I was able to dance, heart. maybe I would have enjoyed that music. You know, very pretty, pretty youngsters singing songs like that. But that's not my kind of music. I'm not going to enjoy it. So if, if AI makes me sing a K-pop song, actually, I'd be terrified. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want it because it's not however many millions I'm going to get for that song. Mm -hmm. Supposing I sing a song which is K-pop or Russian or something and I'm... Suddenly, my bank balance is going to be in crores. I don't think I want that money because it's not me. That's why I worry about AI. Yeah, it's because AI. I feel it's going to um, uh, destroy some copyright rules. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of infringement in copyright rules and a lot of misuse. And also, yeah. I feel that you know, like my voice can be misused in yeah. the sense it can be used on somebody in distress. It there can be so many misuse of a voice. Mani said it's more dangerous for instrumental, isn't it? Because uh, though there is a human brilliance in playing it, it can go into a database and it doesn't have to have that human emotion once it goes in. Do you feel that AI is more dangerous for instrumental music than for vocal music? 
in instrumental music also you know we as my father used to say every note you it don't think as a note then it become a dead note mm-hmm. you bring life to that note then you think of sura devata and bring every note is like a live thing then you can do a raga and create a surup or the uh, thing emotion for the raga so in artificial intelligence they can play the same frequency they can uh, gauge the frequencies what you are doing and try to copy it but the link emotion what phrases you are going to do one after the dynamics every, also dynamics because every time you play you don't play the same thing in all up so artificial intelligence create a raga but that raga whenever they play it will be the same thing correct but whereas an artist playing even the same note every time it is slightly different because the approach the speed of uh, the vibrato or the hmm. the the sliding speed how many time you slide oh. all the minute detail varies with the artistic uh, creativity at that time i can slide once or multiple times go to a note and the speed in with uh, with which you apply, approach that note all these things is variable in every every concert every time you play hmm. what about percussion sir because lay and taala will be the same no that's my there also you know some of the the tonal production the the the, the dynamics what they create hmm. also gumiki when they do in the mrdangam or ah. tabla all those things they can sample it and create a similar tone that's how you know when the, when the electronic before the artificial intelligence came all the keyboard came with all the tonalities of you know you can get a keyboard huh. those days it used to be d50 where you see you know you want a vibraphone sound you get it in the keyboard you want a trumpet sound you create it in the keyboard so it's all sampling those hmm. so sample digitally and that kept it so that when they play even though you just play the keyboard you were getting all those sounds hmm. so but still those sounds when a string plays that's what even today when a big orchestra is used in a you know film like you know jazz and all the major film real big orchestra so the big ensemble is used that sound is different when a keyboard is playing a full orchestral sound yeah it's different that is different but see sir didn't the tanpura artist go off the stage because the shruti box came in you know singing in truthy is a responsibility of the musician <laughs> they cannot put the blame on tambura uh, automatic tambura real tambura so if they don't want to use the art, but there are diff- like there are good tanpuras also which are so close to the real yeah because ones. nowadays you know the digital the iPhone, tanpuras iphone uh, tanpuras yeah exactly so that's what happened no so then like some you pay less because one artist is less so for not only that also that so tuning tuning of a tanpuras no, no, not only that also. you know before you were able to get when you travel up i mean if you are traveling every day in different cities can you imagine a big tambura hmm. being carried checked in if it cracks if it breaks you can't take it inside the plane yeah. so they started making smaller tamburas yeah. different versions but real tambura even the the bottom part became yeah. smaller and smaller smaller yeah. and smaller yes so, so then that that uh, resonance resonance, yeah, resonance yeah. Yeah. that's different. the word yeah and the practicality Absolutely. of taking Uh, but that is an excuse we all give saying that we can't really take a tambura and travel hmm. you see a western orchestra they are bringing a double bass which is taller than you know the harp harp the cello the, so, harp. the cello yes all yeah. those things they still in an orchestra they don't come with a mini cello on play no. they bring <laughs> that's true uh, we in this tour for our festival you know it's yeah six cellos yes. and uh, three six double bass six cellos to cut them to different cities because some of the uh, airlines won't take these cellos oh. even if you pay an extra ticket for them to 
Do you hand carry your uh, violin? Violin always. Once in it happened in Phoenix when I was with him he was performing and uh, after he finished the concert we came to the airport next day to to leave mm. and as we were boarding that mm. lady said you can't she take your violin you have to check it in. Mm. He says no I won't check it in. She said no sorry you can't take it in. He says okay out with my luggage I'll take another I'll take another airline and another aircraft I can't. At that time I think mm. the pilot was passing by. Mm. He he saw this argument he says in anything he says can I help you with something and They said this is the problem. The pilot turned out to be he. He used to play the violin. It seems hmm. he says no problem. We'll make space for it. Let him bring oh. it in. How nice! Yes. Would you do you put it in the overhead cabin? Yeah, it fits in there. It fits in into the exactly. overhead cabin. And how many do you travel with? Like normally, I used to have two, but now I'm traveling with one because my son also has another violin. Huh. But normally, I have two. but this one i gave exactly. the other one to my granddaughter because she's practicing and hopefully she'll play with me she's going to play oh hopefully in bangalore yeah bangalore, bangalore concert so, yeah. so let's talk about uh, your children you, you performed at the madison square garden right when yeah. uh, so what was it like to have your son uh they're performing tell us about that he's called a prodigy yeah. of music well i performed with abhi before that mm. of course being in madison square garden that day was absolutely historic and we saw this modi ji was a superstar you know it's mm. amazing to see the love and acclaim he got from everybody so that was a fantastic evening but playing with abhi is very satisfying for me more for more than me for him because every note he's made him you know like from childhood made him hold the violin practice and then we saw ambi practicing on his own working hard so mm. it's it was not only the training it's also that he's put in his own hard work so for him as a guru mm. it's probably very satisfying and for me it is wonderful to know that he has been able to pick up the violin and decide that he wants to live the life of a musician we know the life of a musician you is not tell him easy you should become a doctor and then like no. your father said to you <laughs> it was a contrary because you know I always worried because many of my father's colleagues who are great musicians mm. their children changed their profession so the whole lineage suddenly ended they all became engineers or something like even for did put, did you tell your son that no, do no, engineering no no not at all no. i wanted him to be a musician so actually. i wanted him to play the violin when he was very young mm. i started uh, teaching him because your other three children uh My your daughter one daughter uh, plays the violin right uh, yeah one daughter plays the violin but second daughter she sings she's a lawyer mm. and she's also a songwriter <laughs> that ginger the ginger is the eldest one this one. is bindu uh, bindu huh. you performed with bindu right bindu yeah a lot yeah. she lives in bangalore and uh. she runs the The, uh, sapa sapa huh. she and ambi run the sapa which is the music school huh. okay. as well as they do sapa in schools huh. they they've got about 30 40 children learning okay. music, music under them huh. now in schools close to 40000 children are learning under Amazing. my daughter and ambi bindu and huh. ambi and she's an entrepreneur and uh, she's a creative person and we have huh. only one son who is following medicine he's a cancer oncologist in oh. the elder one uh, who's older to ambi Okay. He decided. He said, "Appa, there are too many musicians in this family. I'll take up medicine." And so from he's where younger days he used to say, "He used to play to the violin very well." But uh-huh. he, he used to play to very well. Narayana. And no, he used to sing great. Hindi film songs with me. Okay. On stage sometimes, but he said, "Amma, no, I think I'd be a doctor." Huh. But now he's uh, almost uh, one of the director of this Parsh Hospital in HOD Bangalore. Another head department, okay. head and neck cancer surgeon. Uh-huh. But I wanted. Okay, so he became an oncologist. Head and neck surgeon. Yeah. but at the same time i want at least one of my children to continue my father's lineage yeah so i used to push him 
his name was uh, he was named after my father lakshminarayana mm. we mm. call him ambi short so in younger days he used to say one day after pushing him a lot i don't want to play violin anymore i said okay i took the violin and kept it in the top of the bureau he was very uh, young he was 9 years old at that time 9 or 10 years old 10 years old i said then i told okay you don't have to play then i said uh, i used to have a driver called das he used mm. to come and wait from morning till i ask him to go home mm. i said you go home i'm not going to go anywhere he said no sir when you go to bed i'll go sir, you, you can't find people like that nowadays mm. they were all look at the clock and said can i go now can i mm. so i told him go to das and he will teach you a little bit of driving and also if i mean if you have to do something as long as i am there there'll be a roof and there'll be food but after i'm gone you have to do something so learn driving from das and he will also teach you how to climb up in a coconut tree and to pluck coconut if you don't have money you mm-hmm. have to go up. only thing one thing you have to think, remember when you go up there might be a monkey coming for the same coconut whoever is strong will stay there i can imagine a 9 year old like he used to try everything in <laughs> this is a very funny situation at home because so for 3 this was 3 4 so, days he told him the story the violin had not been touched for 4 days 3 4 days i said you go to das and he will teach you how to climb the tree to pluck coconut and also driving so you can at least drive somebody's house be a driver whatever you want to be After 4 days up I want to play the violin. Yeah. So <laughs> are you sure? Back. It was so funny. <laughs> said, He just came back and he started very... practicing. I didn't know how to push him at all. He was very yeah. small and saying just so papa can I play the violin. I'll never yeah. forget his face when he said that. What you have to uh, with a question to both of you about the guru shishya parampara. You know what you are saying is whether your shishya is living with you. He's your son, yes. But not many uh, children many students have that uh, ability right they come they have studying in at home and then you know the parents saying okay this is something you can do on the side but they have a profession in mind or commuting to the class is a problem what do you have to say about the guru shishya parampara the death of that is it time to start that again what do you have to say to that like kalakshetra is doing Uh, that i mean that they continued with that there are problems with it you mm. don't get the teachers you don't have that quality of students or the mm. dedication of students that rukmini devi had at that time right, right? right so what do you have to say to that sir you know guru shishya parampara in fact the whole system of education now when you go to college lot of people go to college and get a ba a degree and with a gold medal in vocal or instrumental or masters in mfa and none of these people till today of my knowledge i don't have any i have not seen anybody who is like an ms subalakshmi or kishori ji or anybody they all have certificates saying you know first class gold medalist in singing or playing an instrument they can't play for 10 minutes or to make the audience sit whereas guru shishya parampara he created all these legends all these years so there has to be a bridge in modern days it is not possible to have a Shishya, ten Shishya, staying in your house and everything. Hmm. One of the advantage of Guru Shishya Parampara was whenever you was with the Guru, Guru not only taught you, he was teaching other people also. Hmm. So automatically, he was all the time listening to the music. Listening is a very important process of music. Subconsciously, you are absorbing. Yeah. Subconsciously, you are absorbing. May not be your lesson, maybe a higher lesson, maybe a lower lesson. Hmm. You are around, surrounded by this sound. Mm. that's why even we i believe that whenever a pregnant woman listen to a lot of music or instrument the child become very attracted to those tonalities those frequencies they respond better to music mm. 
I feel music is very important for intellectual and spiritual and emotional growth. Hmm. It is very very important because a lot of people because of pressure in IIT and things people are committing suicide because there's a not a balance of emotional thing or oh, I have to become first otherwise parents will say something my colleague will say I'm peer pressure all the tension and pressure should not be there you know mm-hmm. who's going to say when you become later on finish and start practicing were you a gold medalist or were you first what is your mark doesn't matter no yes but for this thing something other activities like you know music and things like that which takes your mind and keeps you calm emotional balance it's very important for emotional spiritual and intellectual balance so guru shishya parampara gave the, because you saw a lot of people who are advanced and you are you are huh. lower than you huh. are but you are a shishya you took some time to learn things but when you go and go and sit in a class and you can read 200 books about raga you cannot sing a raga yeah that's true so we have convinced um, some of the thing now we have created a syllabus lakshmi nana global center of excellence mm-hmm. where for ma and ba and phd uh, phd in music mm-hmm. gopsapa is doing for all the children my daughter and son is doing mm-hmm. bindu and but we are into higher education we are into higher education which has been implemented i've tied up with some of the universities including gangabai university where mm-hmm. the practical music training and listening is given more importance mm-hmm. which is a bridge between the gurukul system and the college education you cannot read 200 books about a raga and sing raga you Correct. can never sing a raga you have to listen to a raga learn from a guru and practice it and practice it and practice it yeah. so you can bring life to each note and it becomes emotionally very so strong so we are trying we he's sat down and he's really worked at a syllabus for ba ma and we have some phd's also mm-hmm. and we've tied up with two three universities now and we've already had a couple of batches you know, of being interesting and wh- what you're saying because i'd gone to whistling woods and you performed yeah. there and uh, you spoke to the students there and that's what mr gai was saying subhash gai was saying is that and i saw for myself there are students out there they'd be learning film making uh-huh. or film whatever but there's a you know there's a concert going on on the side or there's somebody playing folk music now that will become part of that person's being yeah that he was in the campus or she was in the campus and she was exposed to that and she listened to you or she listened to you uh, speak to them and you talked to them about your life you played you sang it's it's because of this absorption of culture and that will show up in their filmmaking you know yes it yes it is definitely very inspiring to actually meet people who have been in the field hmm. you know and you see how they're handling certain issues how they talk about their lives and you realize that we are seeing the glamour but they've also had a hard life how was your uh, <clears throat> experience at that stage that you know this is something which is so unique about indian music you know that uh, you don't have to look hot on stage <laughs> and you can still be such a successful singer you spoke about lata ji and so many other that you don't like you spoke some time back i remember reading about it that today you don't have to necessarily be a great singer you just have to have an attitude when you go on stage <laughs> right but you have this uh, all of you didn't were like you know sari salwar kameez but mm-hmm. you could sing hawa hawai how did how did you feel when you when you see america and you see the western music where uh, film music mm. or you see performing artists which are more about looks and things and today india is also going that way yeah actually you you won't believe it in a way i probably admire these youngsters because i feel that you know we had to really because there's no digital nothing 
we had time to focus on our practice and then go and sing songs etc etc hmm. now i see them they have to work so hard they have to go to gyms they have to keep themselves trim they have to look very nice on stage they have to worry about what they are wearing and then they have to be on youtube they have to be in insta they have to be on twitter and they have to keep commenting every day about different issues i feel so much time has and then for them to be professionally able to find time to practice and sing i think they are doing four jobs at one go so i admire the youngsters for their energy and their you know mm. um you know like this kind of an attitude but sometimes i feel in in all this what happens is it's amazing how they uh, what what is the word multitask Multi this is not a word which i knew in my Does childhood the only thing i somehow feel is you know see i was able to uh, if you i'm talking about my person i myself i don't know about other people that actually all these years i was able to do my music right mm. and i never really had to dress differently to be a singer i could be myself i could also be a sister i could also be a wife and i would just whatever i'm at home i was outside mm. but now i feel the children really have to struggle in this lot more stress mm. i feel music or this kind of a profession should not be so stressful you know like mm. you don't want to be so trim and but you want to sing fantastically you should you should get the opportunity to be what you are you shouldn't have to change your innate personality does if you the, do that there's lot of stress in life does, that's why there's lot sing, of stress uh, th that is one of the stress of yes. uh, of of being somebody else yes. yes yes does the audience reaction uh, influence in any manner how when you are in a concert does it influence both of you a question for us i think we have reached the stage where it doesn't because okay. we are known for what we are hmm. so when i go up on stage if i'm on a in a kanjivaram sari people don't expect me suddenly to come you know in mm. those western clothes and do some dance movements if i'm uh, i've started out with standing on a standing mic with a little book and then without a book singing so now when i sing even if i don't move much people are okay because i think that's the kind of audiences i perform uh -huh. for and so i'm not you, under stress for me i think i play in different places where you know when i go there you know that i'm informed this is this call this is this place this is this audience this this country but once you start playing the sound takes over then after that you know i don't i normally ask to switch off all the audience light so that i don't but you know ls you remember you told me when you came back from australia that you did a concert in adelaide and it was raining a little bit just tell her about that because i feel that shows the artist that you are remember that incident in adelaide it was one of those uh, womad uh, world music festival thing mm. and before me there was dusrat uh, fatali ji dusrat fatali khan okay. sir just before him just before him he was a superstar at that time he was in the peak of his career and after that i am supposed to play and close the thing mm. we had whole you know kawali with whole people clapping yeah. and high energy thing and everything very high energy very high energy so we went and finished it and uh, before just before i went to the stage one of my friend organizers who was involved in that said so these people are really high energy and everything it is also drizzling so you probably might have to play short some fast number and to keep up the thing I went to the stage. I didn't feel like playing anything fast. I wanted to start with an alap. That's what I, my inner voice said. I just closed my eyes and started playing a long alap. 
after i finished me it was drizzling people were still sitting some of them with umbrella some of them without umbrella listening to the long alap so after that he came and said i don't know what happened people are sitting and listening they want an encore i had to play extra time so i think sometimes we mis- misjudge people also same thing happened in Mo- russia moscow hmm. some months back we went for a because one of the biggest festival there in the open air it was pouring 6 o'clock so we couldn't even do a sound check even in the stage though it was covered hmm. there was rain this you know water was hmm. coming on the piano coming, huh? the moisture coming and the piano was getting little wet everything we had to move the keyboard everything so i said 7 o'clock sir we have to start and everything they said ambassadors coming also so i said there's nobody is there hmm. absolutely was empty except one guy camera person for the television with the thing he was uh, taking for the news and things like that so i was there backstage they said sir so we had to start 7 when i went there you wouldn't believe people were standing in the rain some with the umbrella some with the raincoat just to listen to music sometimes people are so passionate about music some place yeah. in moscow so, and russians and all are really really fond of culture you, and music those, indian music uh, also generally western yes, of course okay. they're great western uh, music, music people, but yeah. they listen they love they loved his france music also france all cell phones tell me how does that impact when you see an audience when you're at a concert and you see somebody with a cell phone you got used to it i don't yeah. can't say anything I, to them normally i are known because you know many time not one cell phone everybody nowadays have cell everybody phones everybody you can see those lights and they're all even the day i'm not well they're recording whatever i've sung you know if not i'm not that. got a cold or anything it's not mm. only that i little get worried but what to mm. do you, you know they, they come come to listen to a concert they should listen to a concert Hmm. they want to see the content they can go home and look at the whatever YouTube, internet everything yeah. but you know every cell phone having suddenly you see swamp so they're not phones. listening no they're just watching right yeah what to do you feel it's one of those things which will change if they become more sensitive more accepting how? to the magic of the moment how no. how will they how will you change that there will be audiences all, for both you get one person will take out his phone then another two people in the same row then somebody from the acha wo bhi le rahe main bhi leti hu this is become a whole story It's now become, but there will yeah. be different between because there are like in france and other places they don't they close their eyes and listen to long yeah. music they don't pick up also they are not supposed to take photograph and yeah. uh, and they are very the disciplined is there yeah. Yeah. so they are not supposed to take up their phone and uh, record mm. video record there are publishing issues and those things are also there mm. so they don't pick up the phone in india they break, break all these rules yeah uh, indian audiences break all these rules uh mm-hmm. i have to uh, conclude this because i believe you have to leave but thank you so much yeah, thank you so i am so grateful that you could come to the studio and bless us with your presence we and really all the stories we really enjoyed this conversation you. with really. you we felt we were talking to somebody whom we've known for years and let me admire you for your knowledge in music i'm very impressed thank you so much thank, thank you pleasure. thank you thanks a lot pleasure and thank you thank, thank, you. thank, you. thank, you. thank you. you really enjoyed धन्यवाद थैंक यू थैंक यू वेरी मच फॉर वॉचिंग और लिसनिंग टू दिस एडिशन ऑफ ए एन आई पॉडकास्ट विथ स्मिता प्रकाश डू लाइक और सब्सक्राइब ऑन विच अवर चैनल यू हैव सीन दिस और हर्ड दिस नमस्ते जय हिंद